And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, June 26th. This is On Deck. I'm Steven Nesbitt, and I'm here with Levi Weaver. Levi, how was your weekend? It was good. I saw the Pixies. I saw Franz Ferdinand open for the Pixies. It was, uh, it was a good a good weekend. On the show, we are going to talk about football scores in baseball. We are going to preview our top series of the week, as we always do. We're going to make our Homer Chase weeks, and Stephen is going to tell us about teeth, 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 teeth. Well, anyway, back to the uh, baseball talk. So there was a point Saturday night, Levi, where the world uh, sort of took attention to what was happening at Coors Field, which happens, you know, a couple times a year. We all start to hear rumblings of something special happening in Denver, something absurd, and something truly was uh, absurd was afoot, and we all knew it when David Fletcher hit a three-run bomb. And that was a telltale that we should probably take a, take a look at this box score because it was, at that time, it was uh, game two of a Angels-Rockies series at Coors, and that Fletcher homer had made it 23-0 to zero in the fourth inning. And that's sort of when we all got on our, got quickly on our screenshot, you know, speed wagons, and tweeted it out and had our had our jokes about football scores or something like that. That game turns out to be one of the hi- highlights of the season so far for me because of the absurdity of it. Not only could you like go to bed after the halfway, you didn't really want to go to bed because you were hoping they would extend it to thirty plus. It only gets to twenty five to one, so I guess it's not really a, a football score unless you're just handing out a. Uh, an extra point for for no good reason but wow that game was special yeah david fletcher who talked to sam blum what like not 24 hours before and basically said like i'm not even sure the angels want me and now our story has this like edited uh he was called up right after this he went four for six i don't want to talk about shohei otani's game i'm sure (laughs) we will have to later but uh yeah it was like i was sitting there at the show actually at the pixie show and i just you know I don't like to admit that I'll check baseball scores during a show, but sometimes, you know, it's a song I don't know that well. My back hurts because I've been standing for three hours. I'm like, let's see what's going on in baseball. And I was like, oh, man, MLB at bat made a mistake. There's no way it's 23 to nothing. And then I look a little deeper and I'm like, holy crap, it's 23 to nothing. And the wildest part of all this for me, not only was it like a reverse tungsten where Otani was one for seven and the rest of the Angels actually, you know, destroyed the Rockies, but for the first time... This is per Sarah Langs. I don't want to pretend that I did the research on this. For the first time since 1897, a team had a plus 20 run differential in a series and lost the series because the Rockies won the other two games of the series. So, uh, hashtag Angels. You mentioned Otani with the uh, the one-hit game, one for seven. Every other player in that lineup who started the game had multiple hits taylor ward two hits in a walk mike trout three hits in a walk brandon drury three hits matt tice three hits in a walk hunter renfro five hits in a walk eduardo escobar new face over there two hits in a walk mickey moniak five hits david fletcher four hits 
That's not. That's like a. It's like a week of games for Luis uh, Luis Arias right there. That's just a game log. Then uh, we're lining that up one through nine for for the for the Angels in a, the sandwich game of a series that they lose. That ends up going to be kind of low scoring in the other two. And then, literally eight minutes after the last pitch, Robert Murray of fan sided breaks. By the way, the Angels have traded for Mike Mustakas of the Rockies, and of course the jokes on Twitter were exquisite because it's <laughs> you know he defected, uh, he escaped. It was a, uh, you know, hey, winner, if we beat you by 20, we get Mustakas. Like, can you imagine just the, I don't know, psychological feels like too heavy a word, but it is probably psychological what I'm talking about. Like, you are on a team, and that team is the Rockies, first of all. Let's just start there. Then your team gets beat 25 to 1, and you come back in the clubhouse, and somebody just stops. He's like, hey, man, uh, before you go in, we need to talk. You've been traded. Congrats on the win. To whom? Those guys <laughs> head over that way tomorrow. Can you like the next day? Did he just walk in and be like, "Hey guys, great win for us last night, right?" Like, what? How do you? It's not even that. It's he walked in that night. He walked out of the the home clubhouse. He walks into the visiting and just like sits down. Like, yeah, this feels better. Yeah, this is nice. <laughs> we did it. Best win of our lives, guys. Turns the turns the music up a little bit louder. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Exactly. Guys. <laughs> uh, what a weird night. So it's time to talk about our top series of the week. This week, we're going to look at the Diamondbacks and Rays, two first-place teams facing off. Uh, these teams are both, what, six and five in their last 11 games. MLB at bat app has the thing where you can look at the last 10. They were both five and five, and they both won on Sunday, which is when we're recording this. Uh, I, I got to say that uh, for the first time all year, the Rays have looked, I don't want to say they've looked bad they haven't looked bad you know six and five in your last 11 you're winning baseball games but they lost a couple of games to the a's they lost a game to the royals they have been uh at least vincible in the last little while and in the midst of all of this you got Juan Franco, who's having a phenomenal year he is the top position player in war if you don't count Shohei Otani who's a two-way player he got benched and his manager was pretty open about why. It was like he needs to be a better teammate. He needs to handle his frustrations better. Like you don't generally hear managers say that about players, much less the best player on the team. You know, that's a little concerning. He takes two days off and of course his first at bat back, he hits a home run. So maybe everything's fine, but it's at least to the point now where it's worth kind of keeping an eye on. Like, are there cracks in the exterior? Is the engine starting to make some thumping sounds? Uh, meanwhile, the best player on the Diamondbacks, Corbin Carroll, is just continuing to go absolutely sicko, wild nuts. You know, as, as Ken Rosenthal wrote, I think, uh, last week, like, he, not only is he the favorite for the NL Rookie of the Year, he's starting to maybe try to gain a little traction for MVP as well. I still think Ronald Acuna Jr. holds him off. You're the best player on the Braves and are doing the things that Acuna is doing. You probably still have the nod, but it's still late June. So... It's been fun to watch the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So my next assignment after this Sunday night is I write the the weekly power rankings. And this is truly the first time since week two that I've debated pretty strongly not having the Rays won. So they, they still have four games in the win column on the Braves who are right behind them. They're tied in the loss column. But just the, the ways they have trended lately is just, I mean, you're going to cool off. It's, that's how this season works. It's 162 games and we're halfway through them this week. But... It's with the, 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 the mounting losses, and it was a little bit uh, with Wander Franco. It was, 
I mean losses of, of, of like personnel, guys going getting injured. Shane McClanahan, we don't know if he's going to be back for his next start. It looks like he will be, but um, this guy who had some some uh, shoulder issues last year, and if he misses any time, you're looking at three fifths of their opening day rotation on the injured list uh, if he if he goes there. And so yes, good to get Wander Franco back. Not great to split with the Royals. That's a series you wanted to to take three at least of. But this is a part of the season where if you needed to address something, not the worst time to do it. Uh, rather than doing it down the stretch when you've gotten someone's caught up to you, whether that's the Orioles or Yanks or Blue Jays, a pretty good time to do it. So a lot of it for them is health, and can they maintain this over uh, overperformance that they've had from a good chunk of their lineup so far? They have the depth to be a really, really good team, a really dangerous team, of course, but are they going to be the runaway favorite all year? I think we're starting to see that the pack is, is catching up to them. To the point you made about the D-backs, Corbin Carroll is uh, sicko mode. Yeah, he's getting all the attention, and rightfully so, but don't uh, don't ignore what the D-backs have gotten, the level of production they've gotten from um, Kettle Marte, Christian Walker, even Lourdes Gurriel Jr., this is a young team that needed to click on a lot of things to be contenders this year, and, and so far they're they're clicking. As we look to this series, Levi, pitching matches, pretty interesting one. It's going to go Taj Bradley, Zach Gallon in Game 1. That's a great matchup. Be locked in for that one. Zach Eflin against Tommy Henry in the second. And the third one is uh, going to be Shane McClanahan against Zach Davies. Of course, large asterisk there. Uh, McClanahan... McConaughey could get bumped. If it goes that way, I say advantage a raise in this series. I see them taking two of these, but a lot of that depends. Is is the ace on the bump in the in the finale? And uh, if he's not, you know, Arizona could could uh, certainly keep plugging away. They are good enough to expose any weaknesses as a lineup. Who's the bigger surprise to you? And I I, I don't mean like that the Rays are good. I think we all sort of expected them to figure out a way to be good. But is the bigger surprise that the Rays are this good? or that the Diamondbacks are as good as they are? I think it might be the Diamondbacks. Asked me two weeks ago, and it was still the Rays. At this point, I think it's the Diamondbacks. Holding off holding off the, uh, the the caliber of opponents they have in the in the NL West, you can say the same about the AL East, but they have not yet had that point where they, they raced out into the lead and then have really backslid um, back into the, the Peloton here. And so the Rays, yeah, they're just, they're, they, they give you some reasons for concern. And so uh, the Diamondbacks still have needs. They got to go out there and, and probably figure something out with the rotation. They have a lot of these younger arms who are going to be good eventually, I think, but maybe aren't ready yet to be your number three. Um, so maybe they have to get an arm so that you're not putting Tommy Henry and Zach Davies out there every couple of days. But I like the way they're shaping up for the future years, of course. And I think it is a big surprise the way that they have started to really get a handle of the NL West. That's going to be, I think, a great competition the rest of the way. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
My series uh, this week is the Reds against the Orioles. We've got uh, the exciting Ellie De La Cruz, of course, who is hitting uh, as at, at time of, of recording. Last I checked, he's hitting 359, 423, 641. That's a 1063 OPS. Meanwhile, you've got like his uh, baseball uncle, Joey Votto, who is hitting 294, 400, 824. That's a 1224 OPS. I cannot imagine a more fun team to watch right now. And I know the 12-game winning streak got snapped, whatever. Like, But having just those two guys on the same team is enough reason to watch. That they also have another like bunch of guys who are good and young and fun and that they're winning games. I don't think there's a more fun team in baseball right now than the Reds. Uh, meanwhile, though, the, or- the, yeah, the Orioles also pretty fun to watch. Uh, Adley Rutschman is always going to be one of those guys that is is worth getting your attention. I just said I love the Rays. I just said it, so just let that... There's no but here. I love watching the Rays. I mean, the uh, the Reds. There's no buts. In addition to them being fun, there are reasons to believe that maybe there was a little flukiness to the 12-game winning streak. When you look at, um, you know, you stack up teams in June, yes, the Reds scored the third most runs in baseball in June they're doing great they have by far the most stolen bases in june they've got 41 the next team is houston with 27 so give them credit for that however batting average just 12th best their slugging is fourth so that's good their ops is fourth like they've been they've been hitting the ball they're pitching they're five they have a five era for june that's 25th in the league their pitching has not been great. They're 27th in runs allowed, 29th in home runs allowed. Oh, sorry, 27th in home runs allowed, 26th in walks, and 21st in strikeouts. They are basically just outscoring the opponents, and we know and love a good hot streak, but you got to get the pitching together if that is going to be sustainable. So if you're the Reds, that's probably what you're looking to add at the deadline. And hey, we're talking about the Reds adding at the deadline. Phenomenal. But there's reason to believe that like they're going to need to do that if they want to extend this fun into October. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned all that, it, it's uh, it just strikes me how much really, really just the the call up of um, Ellie De La Cruz has changed the complexion of that lineup with the, what he brings with power and speed. That combination to be like the the most steals in the league, like you said, which is a, a stat dominated by the Rays for mo- most of the season. What they have done there adding the speed adding the power getting back Joey Votto who's been good with a healthy uh, shoulder it seems so um, that's absolutely a team to watch in a, in a weak division if they can keep tinkering keep adding that's a, that's a scary team on the stretch one last thing on the flip side of that Baltimore calling up Jordan Westberg their infielder I'm not entirely sure where he's going to play that's a fairly stacked infield in Baltimore my guess is that Adam Frazier gets bumped right he's, he's been the weak link and so I think wherever he's been plugging in I think you bring in Westberg that would be my guess that makes the most sense. My series of the week, uh, we're going to go Florida LSU. No, we're, we're not actually going. That's that's going to be an incredible deciding game three Monday uh, in Omaha uh, between LSU and Florida. But really, my, my series of the week uh, is uh, Miami against uh, the Boston Red Sox at Fenway. So Miami, we are a pro fish pod. Everyone knows it. Just took two of th- uh, three of four, actually, from the Pirates. They are 11 games over 500. Yuri Perez was a stud again on Sunday. Stretched a scoreless streak to 21 games. He's got a 1-3-4 ERA. Innings, right? 
yeah, sorry, innings. He's got a 134 ERA. He's 20 years old. Uh, this guy's been fantastic, and especially at a time when they aren't getting Cy Young stuff from from Sandy Alcantara, who's still figuring things out, doesn't have some of the the tools in the bag that he had in the past with a shift and things like that, and a, a no pitch clock. But you pair that happening on the pitching side with uh, Luis Arias batting 400, 399 to be exact. Things are really working there. But this is an important series, I think. You go to Fenway against a team that is uh, sitting at the bottom of the AL East, but can still do some do a lot of damage. Has a middle of the order that I think is is still pretty formidable. In Justin Turner, Masataki Yoshida, Rafi Devers, Tristan Cassis. That's a solid heart of the order there. And what worries me on the Red Sox front, as they are sitting a game over 500, uh, this lost two of three to the White Sox is that rotation right now. It looks like James Paxton, Cutter Crawford, Garrett Whitlock, and Brian Bayo, who's been really good since the start of the year. But Tanner Houck uh, got hit in the face. He's got a facial fracture. Don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know that we're ever going to feel really good about what the Red Sox have going in the rotation. Uh, so this series, it looks like uh, Samuel Contra against Garrett Whitlock in Game 1, Braxton Garrett against TBD in Game 2, and Jesus Lozardo against Brian Bayo in Game 3. So should be a good one. But again, it feels like we're just waiting for the, the Marlins to um, – to stumble a little bit, and they just haven't done that. They continue to put the pressure on the Braves, who have been fantastic as well. And it's not just uh, Eury Perez, who has been phenomenal, but Braxton Garrett, you mentioned his last outing. He struck out 13. He didn't walk anybody, gave up one earned run, two runs total in seven innings. Brian Hoeing has been pretty great. Uh, Stephen Ogert has been like all these guys you don't really hear a lot about in the national media. But then you start looking up and down their, their pitching stat line, and you're like, they've got some guys. If Alcantara can finally just regain even like 80% of the mastery that he had last year, it's almost the opposite of the Reds, that they they have the pitching to go out and win a lot of one nothing, 2-1 to games. All right, Levi, you know what time it is. It is the time in the show when we head to the, the on-deck arcade. We have a couple things to catch up on. First of all, every weekend we have the arms race. We pick a starting pitcher that goes over the weekend. We go head-to-head, and this, to mince no words, has been dominated by Levi Weaver. I'm 0-6 in this uh, exercise, and uh, let's check out what happened this weekend. You say Kikuchi you picked. And Yusei Kikuchi dealt against the Athletics on Sunday. Seven innings, two hits, one run that was earned on a home run. Two walks, eight strikeouts. That's a fantastic line. We don't have the game score 2.0 to really get the the final answer here. But uh, actually, it turns out by the time he delivered his first pitch, he'd already won. Michael Waka was had his start skipped as he is dealing with some shoulder fatigue. So my pick did not play. And as we said, as long as you write your name on the paper... You write your name on the paper, you get 40 game score 2.0. Uh, he couldn't even get that far. So continues to be a drubbing, 7 to nothing for Levi. So that's where we are. And that's the only game we're playing. That's all the time we've got for. So and today, moving on quickly to the homer chase. This is our cumulative game. We pick one hitter each week, uh, and we get all their homers for the week. Adam, to, your, to our cumulative total. I had Nolan Jones. I was picking on a uh, guy going to with the Rockies to Cincinnati for a series, and then uh, Colorado was not someone who got in on that that party for the uh, for the the twenty five to one game. It was he was on the wrong side of that one, unfortunately. But he did get a homer in Cincinnati, so I got one. Shohei Otani also did not get on the party. I'm so sorry. That must have been brutal for you at the show uh, to see that Shohei had not homer. How how is it that he's the one guy? They were handing out home runs like like sell shirts in Oakland, and he was just like, nah, no thanks, not me. I'm good. He picked up uh, one at the start of the week, so uh, we each got one. 
I maintained a five homer lead, twelve to seven, as we uh, round the corner to this next week. So, better luck next week. The better luck this week for you, Levi. Tell me, who is your pick for the homer chase? Uh, I'm I'm sticking with the Coors Field boost and a very hot hitter. He actually hit a home run uh, today, which is yesterday for listeners. Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm counting on him to catch me up a little bit this week. So I have three hitters, and they're all Dodgers hitters. So Mookie was number one. I will take number two for me. Debating, actually, because they're going at Rockies and at Royals. Pretty good two-step right there. I'm going to go Freddie Freeman. Uh, I was considering J.D. Martinez. He might be the better homer. He'll give you the better homer rate, but won't give me as many plate appearances, probably. So that's the way we'll go. Hey, time for us to hit the exits here. Thank you for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for hanging out with us on a Sunday night here. You can find all our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $1 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show during our summer sale. Sign up for The Wind Up, The Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next in your feed, Starkville. Jason Stark and Doug Glanville welcome Jeff Fletcher and Mark Gubiza for a debate on whether or not the Angels should trade Shohei Otani. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32 Ephus and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of what's on deck. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.